Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we explore various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. This week, I want to focus on Southern and East Africa regions' maize supplies. I'm picking up maize because it's an important commodity when we think about food security. It is both important for food uh, consumption, maize being a stable grain uh, for both of these regions, but also for feeding uh, livestock, uh, for those that are in beef production or dairy production or any small stock, maize is one of those important commodities uh, as an animal feed. So its supply is important, specifically in the current moment where food security is at the top of global agenda, both on the pricing side, availability of food and safety, all-rounded discussion, which is when you think about food security, you consider all of those. Now, when we look into Southern Africa to say which countries are the major suppliers of maize, we have two of those, South Africa and Zambia. In East Africa, the major supplier of maize is Tanzania. And I think to get a sense of where we are sitting today, uh, one has to zoom in into each of these countries to say how are the maize supplies, at least for the 2021-22 season, looking like, and which countries will probably possibly need imports within these two regions. Now, starting on the supply perspective, South Africa is having a relatively better season. And this is a point I had discussed in this uh, podcast um, uh, a a number of times. South Africa's 2021-22 season maize harvest is at around about 14.7 million tons. That is down 10% from the previous season. But it doesn't mean that the country is actually in bad shape per se. Uh, because its annual consumption is about 11.8 million tons or 12 million tons. Uh, So with 14.7 million tons, there's still some room to actually even have uh, maize for export markets, especially if one considers the fact that South Africa also had some good supplies or stocks from the previous season, which supplement this maize that is currently available uh, for, for this season. The reason South Africa's maize is down by 10% compared to last year is because of excessive rains at the start of the season, which have delayed planting and even negatively influenced um, the yields. And farmers, uh, some made decisions to actually reduce planting maize and switched some hectares to sunflower seeds, which could be planted much later, as the season was in any way about a month uh, behind the usual schedule because it was too wet for some farmers to plant. And those that had planted on time, they were forced to actually replant as the rain has damaged some of the early plantings. Nonetheless, the picture still looks the same and South Africa will remain a net exporter of maize. Now, if you look up from South Africa to Zambia, Zambia had also somewhat a bad season. In fact, its maize harvest is down 25% from the 2020-21 season. This is a crop that the Zambians are finalizing its harvest. Uh, It's estimated at 2.7 million tons. These are numbers that are coming from the country's Ministry of Agriculture. But while this crop is down, it doesn't mean that Zambia is actually in bad shape, almost similar situation as in South Africa. Zambia had had a good season where they had been able to accumulate a bit of stocks. But also even this crop of 2.7 million tons is sufficient. And in fact, it's able to meet their annual needs to the extent that they could remain net exporter. Zambia's annual consumption is about 2 million tons of maize. Now expecting a 2.7 million tons of 
maize with a bit of stocks that were already there, it means that Zambia could have at minimum 700,000 tons of maize that they could be able to put into export markets. Zambia's crop is down that 25% as I previously mentioned, but the reasons for a decline in harvest are somewhat different from South Africa. Zambia had a fairly dry start of a season while in South Africa, we were struggling with excessive rains. And later on in a year, Zambia struggled with excessive rains, almost the situation that we had seen in South Africa from the start of the season. Uh, all of this meant that the yields were somewhat poorer, uh, and some farmers had also even reduced the area they had planted. Now, you look into East Africa region, particularly East Tanzania, which is a major uh, supplier of maize, as I've, I've mentioned. Z Tanzania was, in, was almost impacted in the same way as Zambia. Its maize production is down 16% from the previous season, estimated at 5.9 million tons. Uh, there was a bit of dryness at the start of season in Tanzania as well, and a bit of, ex of excessive rain later on in the season. But uh, the additional factor there was also that uh, Tanzania struggled with fall armyworm infestation. This is a crop disease. And some farmers have also reduced fertilizer usage uh, because of expensive uh, prices of fertilizer that many people saw already at the start of the season and uh, the previous season, uh, which is the 2020-21 season. So all of these Im negatively Im Im uh, impacted the, the harvest in Tanzania. But still, a harvest of 5.9 million tons of maize in Tanzania will be sufficient to meet their domestic consumption to an extent that the data we see coming out of Tanzania and some of the independent analysts and even the likes of the USDA, which is the United States Department of Agriculture, they say Zambia could still have about 100,000 tons of maize for export markets. Uh, of course, this is far less compared to what Z Tanzania was able to export the previous season, which was 800,000 tons. Still, it is decent and it means that the country will remain a net exporter of maize. So put all of this together, it means that we have nearly 4 million tons of maize that could be for export markets in the, in these three countries, Tanzania 100,000, Zambia 700,000, South Africa uh, 3 million tons. So that's nearly 4 million tons of maize that could be available. Then the question is, where will this go to? Which countries in the region are, that will be net importers? In, our, in my assessment, really looking at these countries, I see Zimbabwe having a fairly difficult season compared to the bumper crop that they had have about a year ago. They face almost similar situation as Zambia. It was dry in part of Zimbabwe and I was speaking to many people at the end of last year and also speaking to guys um, at the beginning of this year. But as I watched the news as the season progressed, there was uh, patches of excessive rains. All of that uh, has negatively affected the crop. In Botswana, I also hear that there will be a bit of uh, maize needs for imports. And in fact, Botswana is one of those countries that has remained a net importer of maize for some time and benefiting a lot from South Africa. Mozambique, Namibia are some of the countries, but we see also in the likes of Madagascar that there's heavy drought. In fact, about a week or two ago, the Financial Times had an interesting article where they were showing how uh, drought is negatively affecting in greater parts of, Mo of Madagascar. So these are all countries that 
will actually be in a position where they will require imports of maize. If we were to take this as a straight line and say this is the production, these are the supply from South Africa, Tanzania, um, and, and uh, Zambia, and then they could just export it to these countries, uh, we were going to say the maize needs issue in Southern Africa is resolved or there will not be uh, some calls for food insecurity or anything like that. But that's not how the world works, of course. Uh, the first one being around the regulations of this maze, putting the price and all other things aside for a moment. And I'm bringing this up because the likes of South Africa produce genetically modified maize. In fact, 80% of South Africa's maize is genetically modified. And if we look into to these countries that will need maize in Southern Africa, they are all relatively open to South Africa's maize. And they've been buying. Zimbabwe was one of those countries that for some time had prohibited the importation of genetically modified maize. But now they are open. And of course, um, the Mozambique uh, and Namibia, some of those countries. So they will benefit from that 3 million tons of maize that will come out of South Africa. But if you start to look in the East Africa region, I've only so far mentioned Tanzania as the major uh, supplier of maize and of having a relatively better season. But some of its neighboring countries are in a very difficult situation. If we think about Kenya, for example, uh, all of the numbers that we see coming out of the likes of the United States Department of Agriculture, uh, from the International Grains Council, all of them expect Kenya to have a very poor harvest to an extent that it could need about 700,000 tons of maize. That's almost a million tons of maize. That 700,000 tons of maize accounts for 21% of sub-Saharan Africa's expected maize imports. The imports that are expected in the sub-Saharan Africa region are a volume of about 3.4 million tons. The challenge though with Kenya is that it does not import genetically modified maize, which means then that South Africa might not be able to participate in the Kenyan market. The countries that would be able to fulfill that demand of Kenya is Zambia and Tanzania because combined that 700,000 tons out of Zambia as well as 100,000 tons uh, from uh, Tanzania is 800. It could be able to meet the demands of Kenya, but again, Things don't work straight or in a straight line um, that way. It might happen that uh, Zambia could sell some of its maize to Zimbabwe or any of the other countries. But I think looking at it in a simplistic perspective like that, those are the countries that will be able to, to benefit. Um, and I think the resistance on genetically modified uh, maize is something that perhaps maybe might change in the coming months we or years. We already see, for example, in the EU, some of the papers that were released by the European Commission were saying that uh, they are now slowly opening up to the importation of maize. But we yet, of course, to see what strain, what varieties, what are the details. But the point is, the EU for over 25 years has really resisted or opposed genetically modified um, uh, crops for production and for imports. Now they suddenly opening up uh, for maize and they are slowly also looking at soybean. So these are some of the changes um, that we are seeing. And in fact, we hope that over time, or I hope that over time, we could actually even see these countries being open to the growing or cultivation of the genetically modified crops. 
if you look towards Asia, China is almost feeling uh, following the same pattern where the China is putting to, to, to play in place some of the regulations that will allow the plantation or cultivation of the genetically modified maize and soybeans. Uh, it's not yet final, but when we look at all of the regulations that are in place now and the tweaks that are being made, um, it looks like they are moving towards that direction. I'm specifying these countries, specifically the EU, because EU, at least in my impression, has had quite an impact on how some of the African countries have structured their regulations on genetically modified crops in general. South Africa has been an exception. Um, over the tw past 25 years, has been one of those countries which has started at growing uh, maize, genetically modified soybean, cotton. In fact, since about year 2000 and 2001, that's when South Africa started growing uh, these seeds. Uh, I place a lot of emphasis on them because of the benefits that they are able to give us in yields perspective. And I think improvement in yields is necessary in Africa. The average yield across many African countries is less than two tons per hectare. In fact, Zimbabwe's average maize yields are around about 0.7 tons per hectare if you look over the past uh, decade. If you look at Tanzania, over the past decade, maize yields have averaged around about 1.5 tons per hectare, but it, it grows it in a large area, which is why it has managed to remain a net exporter. Kenya, also less than two tons per hectare in average maize yields. Zambia and Namibia are those countries that have managed over time to see improvement in yields. And in fact, around about 2017 or so, uh, Zambia's maize yields actually hit three tons per hectare. All of those look like it's a progress, but if you were to compare with South Africa, South Africa's maize yields moved from 2.4 tons per hectare before we started cultivating genetically modified maize to around about an average of six tons per hectare now. And this is not under irrigation. Uh, nearly 90% of South Africa's maize is actually grown um, in a rain-fed area. Uh, so this is not under irrigation. We're not going to say it's the irrigation benefits. But I must say, it's not only just a matter of genetically modified um, uh, uh, that, that has boosted the yields. We know that the yields are influenced by improved germplasm and some of the biotechnological uh, uh, things that scientists uh, focus on. But I think overall, it has had an impact on the yields. Some of the benefits have come through, for example, on how farmers plan to move to low or no-till production methods. All of those have assisted us in improving the yields. Use of fertilizer. Fertilizer, for example, consumption in South Africa, it's around about 90 kgs per hectare. But if you compare on average with many African countries, with the exception of Zambia, fertilizer consumption is around about 20 kgs per hectare. So it's fairly low. All of that has also influences the yields that we see are uh, differing between South Africa and the other and the other countries. But the use of these genetically modified crops and the other side technologies, it also assists on labor saving, reduced insecticide use, and all of those things, enhanced weed and pest control. So those are all benefits. For example, the fall armyworm situation in Kenya, I do believe, and there are some scientists that are, are speaking to this, that have they use certain chemical agrochemicals um, and certain seeds, 
it would have not have been as wide as what we, we have seen. Uh, so those are some of the benefits on why I think it's important to consider adopting and really embracing technology as it spreads to the other region. Because if that were to happen, then you would see countries that are in the net importing side of grains really moving also to be self-sufficient or even the net exporters. And I think that will bring us back to the topic where many people like to say Africa could be really a country, a, a region that can feed the world. Uh, so, so we could be able to do that when we begin to embrace technology, specifically in Southern and East Africa region. Those are some of the things that we could begin uh, to think about. But for the next uh, uh, this year, because the 2021-22 season that I'm talking about is a crop that we are harvesting, which will take us up to May or June next year. Thereafter, it will depend to the crop that will be planted from there onwards. That season two is promising to be good. There are talks of a La Nina. A La Nina then will bring good rains in Southern Africa. But unfortunately for East Africa region, it does mean that it could be dry in that area. And that dryness can even influence the likes of Tanzania. And maize needs will remain high in there. And if then the likes of South Africa, which could have yet another good season of maize and other grains, cannot access Kenya, then Kenya will be in a tough position. And I think the countries that could be able to meet its maize demands and some of the grain demands could be the likes of Mexico, that are producing maize that is non-genetically modified if you were to look away from South Africa and the, and the others. So those are all dynamics. And the last point that I think it's worth uh, monitoring, mentioning is that Zambia is one of those countries that would every year when there's a decline in their maize production, put all of the restriction, price caps and all of those things, which the government had justified that as protecting the consumer. And indeed, in near term, it might have protected the consumer. But over the long run, it does influence the, the investments that farmers could put in their farms, knowing that they can access the international market. But this time around, Zambia has said they were not going, they are not going to put the export restriction. And they are hitting that message or taking that message from the likes of the WTO, World Food uh, World uh, Trade Organization, World Food Program, IMF, World Bank Group, the FAO. These are some of the organizations that have been saying at this time of the global food crisis, countries should resist putting limits on exports so that the countries that are in need could be able to benefit from the from the supplies. I know when the points about the genetically modified agrochemicals, these are all thorny subjects where scientists, of course, are still not in the same agreement about these commodities. But the point is, I'm speaking about them here from a yield gain perspective and an economic perspective. The scientific perspective is another debate that can be had with those that are specializing um, on, on, on that field. But broadly speaking, I think we are looking relatively well as the region um, and those that are, have restrictions will suffer a bit um, in as far as getting the maize supplies. The price is another thing because prices in general, they are still plus 20% up compared to where we were last year. So when you think about food security, you are thinking about availability, safety, affordability, and the pricing is going to be another challenge that will remain um, for, for will remain slightly elevated at least um, over the next couple of months. But the point is here, the supplies are there and this could assist a lot in stabilizing their stable grain, which is maize, in these regions of Southern and East Africa region. That's the topic I wanted to cover this in this segment. Um, and I will come back next week with another topic around the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa, 
or beyond our borders. But I'll stop there for this week. My name is Wandi Lesi I'm an agricultural economist uh, based in Pretoria, South Africa.